Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. As our high streets are becoming increasingly deserted by humans, it becomes all the more apparent that we are not our cities' sole inhabitants. Indeed, birds chirping outside are signalling that the spring is coming. Yet, cities are challenging environments for birds. They're hotter, there's less greenery, more concrete, more air pollution, and big glass windows everywhere which are confusing for birds. But curiously, some species of birds survive and even thrive in cities, while others don't. Scientists used to think that this was down to a bird's intelligence, but a new study suggests that birds may actually have two alternative strategies for coping with cities. I am Melanie Jansing, and I spoke with one of the authors of this study, Alexander Piggott, a biodiversity scientist from UCL. So what we did is we put together a very large database on the traits of, of different bird species, so over 600 different species from around 27 different cities around the world. And we looked at what are the traits of the species that survive in cities versus the traits of the species that don't survive in cities. We found that actually there's two alternative strategies. So on the one hand, we do have species which have larger brains relative to their body size, which we think is a good indicator of their intelligence. So we know that, that these species tend to do well. But we also find that there's an alternative strategy. So for species that don't have a large brain size, if those species undergo multiple breeding attempts over their life, so they either live for a long time or they breed many times per year, then we also find that this is an alternative way for surviving in cities. Between these two strategies, which ones do the pigeons use? So the pigeons are a classic example, really, of a species that isn't renowned for its intelligence but it tends to breed a lot. Essentially, it's the proverbial not putting all their eggs in one basket. They can spread the risk of reproduction across many attempts. So the birds that survive in cities are the birds which have either big brains or reproduce a lot. Were there other factors that influenced their survival that you thought would have been as important before you did the study? We also looked at some other predictors of urban tolerance, at measures of what we call niche breadth. So this is the, the range of habitats and foods that a species usually utilises. For example, in birds, a very important factor is the availability of nesting sites. We know that that can also be, be really limiting. And in addition to this, there are other hazards um, that, cities, that cities pose. Um, that we also think has an effect on, on abundance. And it's interesting, therefore, that we have some species like the common pigeon, which really explode in abundance in uh, urban environments. Yeah, they're everywhere in the world, aren't they? They're everywhere in the world. There's tens and tens of millions of them across the world's cities. There's a good reason for that. Its natural niche, its habitat, was nesting on, on rock ledges, on cliffs. So these would have been very rare birds in, for example, the London area. There aren't many cliffs. And then human buildings and bridges really provide the perfect environment for these species for nesting. They feed on the ground, 
They would have naturally picked up seeds, obviously in cities with all the rubbish that people are dropping. That also then provides the perfect food resources. So in some cases, it's clear that urban environments have really provided an environment that a species is already adapted to. But in order to be able to exploit that environment, they either need to be intelligent or... Have lots of babies. Exactly. They need to have lots of attempts at breeding over their lifetime. So they're not relying on just a single brood for being able to reproduce. I guess the point of the study as well is to help direct conservation initiatives to improve biodiversity and make sure we know which birds are going to go extinct and which birds we need to help out. How do these birds affect us in cities in turn? We know that birds provide really essential and key ecological functions that help ecosystems to function. So, for example, one thing that birds do is that they disperse seeds. Coming from cities like London, we often tend to think of the green spaces we have as these quite managed environments. They're not particularly natural. But in many other cities around the world, actually, urban green spaces are vitally important for biodiversity. They're obviously very fragmented, they're shrinking, they're surrounded by a sea of urbanisation. And so birds are really these key links that can maintain connectivity between these patches, allowing tree species to, to disperse between them. We also know that birds are really very important for, for human well-being. Watching birds is known to have health benefits, particularly at this time when we're cooped up in our houses and just looking out our windows being able to see birds going about their daily lives and just getting on with things is really something that I think is, is very good for our emotional state. And of course, it's the species that survive in cities. They're the ones that actually most people have contact with. So I think looking at and trying to understand what are the traits and what are the kinds of species that survive in cities and then how can we boost the biodiversity of our cities is also really important for human well-being. So for the burgeoning birdwatcher in London, now quarantined in their house, what birds should they look out for? So I think, you know, you should be looking out for all your common garden birds. So, you know, you should be looking out for your blackbirds, your robins, various species of, of tits. They're all going to be very active at the moment. We're really into, into spring now. So things are, are getting going. And I think there's lots that you can do to help your, your birds in your garden. So whether that's providing a wild space, okay, so where you're not mowing the lawn, that's making sure that you have places that those birds can forage for resources. So obviously concrete surfaces aren't very amenable to birds, but having lots of, of wild space is good. Providing bird baths, patches of water that they can drink from. So whether you've got a pond, these are all things that, that we can do to really boost the bird diversity around us. That was Alexander Piggott from UCL. <laughs> 